In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that protects kayfabe with a badge and a gun. Yeah, man. Thanks for protecting me. That's really nice. Yeah. I didn't tell you what gun I'm using. Um, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, D.A. Vincent Kayfabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I just found out I was protected by a gun. I also found out it's probably a Nerf gun. So I'm, I'm processing all of that. That's what I'm. <laughs> hey, hey, Nerf guns are scary. <clears throat> you know, I have flinched more from a Nerf from a Nerf gun than a real gun, uh, mostly because my son has a fully automatic Nerf gun, and I haven't had that many real guns pointed at me. <laughs> I have had a real gun pointed at me, but that's it. Also joining us, our brother from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on? I have not had a gun pointed at me, nor do I hope to ever have one pointed yeah, at me. But I still am going out with a bang. Don't you dare ruin my intro, kayfabe. But I'm still going out with a bang. Here I am, still practicing social distancing, still washing them hands, and still doing good as always. And that is that, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't ruin your intro. You ruined your intro. Oh, snap. Well played. <laughs> That's probably why I've had a gun pointed at me. <laughs> I, I once literally got into an argument with, with a friend because um, we were talking and with another friend who also happens to be a concealed carry uh, guy and um, police and military trained and yada, 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 right? Um and he had his uh, small concealed carry um, revolver with him, and and it was unloaded entirely. Uh, he even showed us and, and all that stuff, right? Um, but the, this other friend was like, someone pulls a gun on me, I'm just going to go straight up in their face and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we're like, you are an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I can tell you, mine wasn't a concealed carry guy that pulled it on me. It was a guy with a shotgun. Um, and it was a sawed-off. And uh, really, the only thing you think to yourself at that moment is, oh, shit. And sorry, we're demonetized within minutes on this call, because that's the only thing you can think is, oh, well, shit. <laughs> and, th and that was my thing with this. I said, because this, this guy was like, no, I'm not going to let anyone make me look like a punk bitch. And I'm like, are you kidding? If they're pointing a gun at you, right, you've got two <laughs> choices, right? Live or piss them off and potentially die. You know what I mean? And that's really kind of what it comes down to is now if if it's a matter of trying to protect other people, then that changes the math entirely. Uh, but if it's just about protecting you, and that's what you know this guy uh, was was showing with his unloaded uh, revolver was how fast he could go from holstered concealed carry to out and and firing right um, without without it loaded 
without because of the revolver but it, yeah 100 yeah. percent without loaded but if it had been loaded just oh, just okay. seriously you know how fast it would take him to pull it out and and fire if he needed to about four um, seconds tops yeah i yeah, this the, this guy was was uh probably even faster than that um yeah. And four seconds is with accuracy. Like, well, and and you know, accuracy depends on distance. And if you're talking about yeah. someone three feet away from you, it becomes a whole lot easier. You know, yes, uh, yeah. your target is a lot larger. Anyways, but that's why we we were just saying this guy we was saying, dude, dude, you're an idiot. If you if you say someone pulls a gun on you, and you're gonna try to go up and get in their face, you're gonna get shot doing that. Period. Um, if you try to be the aggressor with someone who has a gun and you don't, I mean, I mean literally that's I'd say probably 40% of the time it's going to work out in your favor there. But the, the, the odds are that that person was willing to pull a gun. And so they're also willing to pull a trigger. I mean, if they're even reasonably trained, that's where they should be. But if they're trained, they shouldn't be pointing a gun at people. So that's where you get the 40%. Well, if if they're trained, they only pull the gun and point it at someone for a defense. Yes. Right. And and that's what it comes down to. But uh, this was literally an argument about someone bringing a mouth to a gunfight. You know? <laughs> and they will lose. Yes. Uh, every time. So even if it's a Nerf gun. Um, yeah. I, I I know this actually my son the most painful time I've ever been shot was my son took a nerf gun and while I was sleeping he had woken up and it was the day that we got to sleep in so while I was sleeping he snuck into my room with his nerf gun and point blank shot me in the eye that was about as painful a thing as I've ever dealt with um, needless to say he got a, a little bit of a suspension from guns from nerf guns for a while a long yeah. suspension from those in fairness I I've said before uh, to you, DA Fabe, you know, when my dad, when I was growing up, my dad had uh, a little bit of training for us with with guns. We didn't, we weren't a household that had a lot of guns, but my dad was a hunter, uh, you know, at one point. Okay. And, uh, his, his training was always, you never point a gun at something you don't want to blow up period. And he specifically used the phrase blow up because he wanted it to, you know, don't point a gun at something you don't want to at kill. TV, at a tree, whatever it is, you don't want to blow up. If you don't want it to blow up, you know, don't point your gun at it because because when you say don't point a gun at something you don't want to kill, well that there's a, a lot of inanimate objects I can point a gun at that I don't care because I can't kill them. Uh, but you can blow them up pretty good. good. Anyway, anyway, that was the most non-political political conversation we've ever had. So let's not talk so, about that. Let's talk wrestling. We will get back to this. I'd like to remind everyone uh, that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatness Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and all of our other episodes from this week and liking and sharing and subscribing and all of that jazz, you head over to tatnessco.com, check out the other shows in the network, and uh, you'll, I'm sure you'll find something that you like, including in the Dicebox Slam, a role-playing game D&D sort of uh, show that does feature AEW's own Nyla Rose. So a lot of fun. AEW. What, what's AEW? AEW. Is it is it the show that had three straight weeks where it? It, it is indeed the show that lost it, three it, straight it, weeks NXT. in a row. 
But yes, three straight weeks in a row. Okay, um, sorry about that. No, nothing to be sorry about. In fact, that is a very great segue into my first crime. So I will just go ahead and kick it off. Go for it. Crime number one for this week is Jericho versus Orange Cassidy is being charged with being awesome, but just not as awesome as what NXT was putting on at the same time in Lee versus Cole Bebe. I I'm gonna I, I mean I don't even know if this needs to go to the jury. I think there's gonna be some jury members who, who I think it'll be hung jury because it's it's match versus match. But um, if it's hung, it's only hung by a couple by a couple members because yeah, guilty. Um, and I was excited even though I knew the finish or thought and I that, knew the finish. And and I think that played into I'm not trying to play. We'll, we'll have um, prime on that later. I'm sure. I'm not trying to play ratings excuses on it uh, at all, but but the simple fact is the spoilers we talked about last week, uh, they were all true, every single one of them true, um, yep. and because they were true, you know, I knowing what happened in the Lee versus Cole Bay Bay match. I was tempted to turn over to it. Um, the AEW mark here wanted to see that finish of Lee versus Cole. Bay or Bay. see if it was a lie. Or see if it was a lie. Um, I I was and 99. Honestly, what was that? Even with that match, um, when I was watching that, because I honestly, I made sure I had to watch NXT. I watched AEW first, but then I went to go try and find, I would PVR at NXT, and Man, that match, even though I knew the results, I was still wondering. I'm like, oh, no, wait. So maybe they changed it because it looks like he's going to like I was still surprised uh, within that match just because of all the twists and turns. And maybe I thought, OK, maybe they switched it on a paradise driver or paradise. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, thought it was over. I thought Cole was winning after that. The second time he hit the what's it called? The paradise driver. It's a sunset. Uh, surprise. I think it's. Yeah, the- um, Sunrise something or something? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's uh, late and my brain's a little smushed. Uh-huh. I thought it was done. I was like, there's no way. There's no yeah. way. But, so that was spot on. And honestly, I also don't agree with... I feel like Jericho overhyped his his match with Orrin Cassidy for me um, by everything he was saying. Because I also do think that they've had better little spots... Um, just at AEW the few weeks before, the one where they were all in the stands and all that. I thought that was better than the match. I said last week um, when it came out that he was saying it was his best match ever and all this stuff. uh, Jericho is the ultimate, and I don't want to use the term carny, sounds um like it's a derogatory term but that's really what he's he's the ultimate carny when it comes to to wrestling and that means self-promoter that means he he knows what it takes to build things up um and and so when he said it was the best match ever i knew for a fact it was a good match i'm sure uh but i'm like he's building this up because he knows that's his job to make people want to tune in to AEW, right? Um, so that's just self-aggrandizing. Um, you know, don't never read too much into it. I don't care what wrestler says. If they say before the match that this match is the greatest match I've ever wrestled, um, you always take it with a grain of salt because it's probably not. They're really the match. They're selling tickets. I um, want it. <laughs> yeah. 
But I um, and and the thing is, like from a strict match standpoint, it might have been the best Orange Cassidy match we've seen in AEW. Um, that's not saying much, though. But we haven't seen a ton of them. Yeah, you're correct. Okay. But on top of it, it it comes down to you know he built it up like it was the best match of all time, and it was never going to be that. Just like. Edge versus Randy Orton was never going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. I do think Edge and Randy Orton was a better match than Jericho and Ka- Orange Cassidy. I, I, I would say <laughs> it's tough. I, w- I would say it, they were both they were both very very good matches. Um, to me, to me I don't Cameron know. Camera angles ruined Edge and Orton. Sorry. Yeah. Camera ang- and the the heavy editing of the the Edge versus Orton. Fair. Uh, okay. It got in my way, and and that's why I haven't actually checked, but I, re- I remember saying at the time that I bet Meltzer doesn't even give it a star rating because it was so heavily edited, and uh, right. and and that kind of comes into uh, you know the same thing with this. The the Jericho Orange Cassidy was not heavy heavily edited it was basically the match straight through it they had the commercial break but they went to a picture in a picture um i i think in the end and this is i truly do believe that chris jericho be- belongs in the conversation of goat uh i don't necessarily say he is the goat but he deserves to be in the conversation right now you know um but but he is not the greatest current wrestler, right? No. And I don't think any of us would, would argue with and that. And nobody would have said that about Flair post-1996, 7. Uh, exactly. And that's kind of the deal, is it's like, um, he was never going to put on a six-star classic with Orange Cassidy or anyone in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone short of maybe a Kenny Omega or a Kazuchika Okada, um, who could who could help carry him to a bigger rating than uh, than what he normally would get. But in reality, you know, this wasn't going to be a six star match based purely on the one half of the people that was in it. Um, and that's that's not trying to again not trying to knock down Chris Jericho. He's just at the tail end of his career. He's not as athletic as he once was. Uh, he's he's very purposefully had to try to modify his style to be more of a brawler than than an athletic style like he used to have. You know, Chris Jericho now versus Chris Jericho circa. 2001. I'll take Chris Jericho 2001 any day of the week. Um, right. And I'd take that versus most other people. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I just checked Edge versus Orton. Meltzer did not give it a mat, uh, star rating because it was heavily edited. And he said he liked the match. Um, his quote was, if you would call want to call it a five-star match, you can. But doing so would be unfair to everyone who actually worked a five-star match without those benefits of editing. Which I don't disagree with. So, right. Um, and so and that plays into the argument on whether the Cassidy versus uh, Jericho was better. Um, I don't necessarily. I I don't think it was better, but I don't think it was worse. I think it was probably on par in many respects. But you had a young, up-and-coming, super athletic person versus uh, a older, past his prime. Um, 
ring general sort of, you know, it was never going to be that greatest match ever, period. Um, now, if if we someday get, and I mean someday in the relatively near future, next couple of years, an Orange Cassidy versus uh, Kenny Omega um, or someone of that caliber, then we might have to revisit this whole conversation and, and you know, can Orange Cassidy hold up to a best bout machine Kenny Omega match? We'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. I do think it was probably the best match that we could have expected from those two people. And I enjoyed the heck out of it. I loved so much about it. I loved uh, the the uh, walls of Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy because he's so tall being able to make it to the, the ropes and get out of it. Things like that. I mean, there was so much to like about it. But again, it was up directly against a world title NXT match that was a title for uh, uh, winner takes all both titles on the line match two titles on the line yeah and i think the first time i have ever seen wwe give the mid card title the win over the the premier title i'd have to have... check i i don't necessarily remember it ever happening before but i'm not sure so i'd have to do some looking know for certain but honestly i i think nxt night two was awesome like I I think even night NXT like AEW I feel had night one, but NXT had night two. And because so many phenomenal matches. The woman street fight, oh my god, that was also pretty freaking awesome. Well, and that's I mean, in the end, I gave uh night one to NXT as well. Um mm. I I think I think NXT pulled out the better show. Now, keeping in mind that NXT pulled out the better show for night one by bringing Sasha Banks down and having a phenomenal terminology down. I hate that terminology too, but it's still how WWE views it. And uh, we can rail against that machine as much as we want, but, um, but that, but that's the deal. That was their ploy. How do we counter program fighter fest night one? Let's bring arguably, our number two biggest women's wrestler in uh, WWE mm. behind Charlotte. I mean, if you were to rank the WWE women's wrestlers right now, Charlotte would be number one in most people's rankings. Number two would be either Sasha or Becky. Right. Uh, uh, but, I, think, I think Becky would be number one, but Becky's not part of the equation right now. But Becky and Charlotte's not part of the equation. So as of right now, Sasha's it. Sasha would be number one. And you bring her down. And I mean, it's brilliant. brilliant you might throw Asuka in there, especially as a tribute to our Canadian RCMP who absolutely loves Asuka. Well, see, I got your back sometimes, bud. Thank you. I'm, thank you. I'm not discounting Asuka um, because I'm not ranking them on best. I'm just ranking them ranking on who. Draw. Yeah, who, who, and more specifically, who WWE feels is the biggest draw. Um, and that's that's 100%. They think Charlotte's the biggest draw of the women, period. Um, and so that's why they threw her the NXT title for a while. And now that she's out of the picture for a while, their next option for biggest draw, I think they feel, is Sasha Banks. And it's hard to argue that they're wrong with that. Um, mostly because they really haven't put a lot into building up any other 
stars on the quote-unquote main roster. Uh, but I, I just feel like no matter oh, how good night two of it is. women's Aiden, karaoke match really... Uh, <laughs> you don't think that women's karaoke segment really put up the women's uh, division? <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you. I still haven't watched it. I've oh, don't, spent this... don't watch it. Just skip it. Don't collect go. Don't pass. Don't collect two hundred. Don't watch it. And oh, horrible! Every week because we've covered before how Sling TV removed Fox from my package. And I keep so telling I, you, Sling I, TV. But do you listen? No. I, well, and so I can't watch it on Sling TV. I could switch to a different streaming provider, but every week. I read the results of SmackDown after not being able to watch it live, and I think to myself, nah, it's not worth changing. So imagine if, say, a provider just uh, just announced a package that for only $6 more, you could have two primary emails to maintain that account. Would you partner with a friend to have yeah. a cheaper version of YouTube TV? Possibly, you know, if 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 a certain friend had talked to me about it, I, I would possibly consider. <laughs> Maybe we should have this conversation not on a podcast. <laughs> but that's, I mean, in the end, you know, to talk about SmackDown a bit. I, every time I read the results, I just think to myself, you know, I'm not I'm not angry that I didn't get to watch it. And I'll yeah, maybe watch it later. I mean, they replay it on Fox Sports 1, so eventually uh, it gets recorded on my DVR. But it's they're not putting together compelling storylines for me to want to watch. Um, and that's sad because they've got a lot of really great wrestlers on SmackDown. Um, and my personal favorite female wrestler on the WWE main roster is Alexa Bliss. I love it. And I'm the first to admit she's not the best in-ring talent. But especially when they let her be heel Alexa, which they're not doing right now, she is probably the best heel on the mic. Period. And and they're just... I like Nikki Cross, but they're just kind of wasting her both right now on SmackDown. And nothing drives me to want to watch it. So... Um, but like I say, I, I fully believe that NXT got the win this week, um, especially main event wise. And especially when you throw in the spoilers that came out, knowing that you had a choice to watch Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a probably very good match, which it ended up being, but for no real stakes, which DA Fabe talked a lot last week about stakes. Um, I had a lot of steak. And speaking of, I had steak tonight, and it was phenomenal. Cooked cooked my wife and I some top sirloin. Mm -hmm. Got it on sale at Target and got an even special deal because the coupon didn't scan the first time, so they doubled my coupon. Yeah, buddy. So um, the words of Teddy Long sounds like you had a home run hit. Yeah. It was a tag team match, player. <laughs> We're gonna have ourselves a tag team match tonight, player. That's what it was. It was body so body good. and rowdy rowdy. It was it was a two pack of these sirloins. It was one and three quarter pounds. But back to what we were talking about. I mean, I I think if I had the choice of watching what was probably gonna be a good well, and I did, but probably gonna be a really good Jericho versus Orange Cassidy match with no real stakes on the line, or Keith Lee versus Adam Cole Bay Bay with both titles on the line, 
I know which one I'm probably going to want to watch. For sure. Yeah. Um, and and some of that, I mean, due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, I am 100% certain the original main event for Fighter Fest Night 2 was going to be Moxley versus Brian Cage for right. the title, which would have been probably a better thing to put up against Lee versus Cole, maybe. Mm-hmm. But still, you've got... Two, two titles on the line for one of them and one title on the line for the other one. Now two, but that comes up later. You know? um, so so it's still, I mean, WWE is doing what WWE has done very well in terms of counter-programming. They know what they need to do and putting that match in the main event across from AEW's main event was brilliant. And it was a better match. And I mean, there's no arguing there. You know, if if I were to put a star rating on Jericho versus Cassidy, four and a half stars, maybe four stars. I'll say four. It was good match. It was no five star classic. Um, mm. But you could you could seriously make the argument for Lee versus Cole Bebe that it was a five star match. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, it, yeah, in my opinion, it was the best big man match of all time. Like, mm. and this is including some big Van Vader matches. So I'm not like, <laughs> and Vader put on some great matches with uh, Flair back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I was happy to see the celebration uh, because the spoiler that had come out last week showed the celebration of uh, Keith Lee with the confetti coming down and pyro going off and all that and it it is nice to occasionally see a championship win be celebrated in in a great way like that like when was the last time someone won the you know universal title and there was that sort of a celebration for it well probably been a while yeah probably probably on uh some type of uh pay-per-view yeah. I want to say like Eddie Guerrero or Benoit winning the championship, but I'm sure it's happened after that. I'm sure uh, it's happened yeah. like at a WrestleMania, but yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, and, and I thought it added to it too, though, like that happening. Uh, I feel like it just seemed more like he accomplished more just by having that extra confetti kind of thing. You know, you wouldn't think it would really do much because it's just whatever it's confetti and whatever, but hot diggity damn like i feel like the confetti the confetti is more representative than the actual all the freaking pyro and whatever and that they usually sometimes do but the confetti worked it just seemed more like a celebration rather than just a loud noise firework display we've talked a lot on this show about how do you build a title how do you make a title feel important and and big and I think we just saw one of the things that they can do to make a, a title feel important and big, and that is make the celebration of winning the title feel like a big deal. Yeah. It, it he didn't just get the titles and go go do a rock stand on the ring post and hold the titles up in the air. There was a celebration. There was confetti and pyro going up and and flashes going off. And he stood there and, I mean, it looked like chaos and it looked like the biggest thing in the world. It looked like he just won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that really The up. publisher's clearinghouse is where you went with that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it, that was weird. Like, there have <laughs> been ads for it on TV a lot recently. And so okay. it was the first sweepstakes <laughs> that went through well, my head. Well, campaign is certainly doing wonders then. Good yeah, for them. Doing its job. Yep. So it's still a thing? It's still technically... It's not, it's not actually, just, why I 
remembered it so much because I thought to myself, this is still a thing because publishers are going under left and right in in this society with the internet, you know? I mean, because that's a vestige of magazines and newspapers. Do you guys know anyone who's won that? That's why I feel like it's hardly ever. They they just keep saying it, and then the people they have on TV, it's a thing. But I feel like they don't. They they legitimately give it away. I bet their prizes are a lot less now than they used to be. Like the oh, prize they're giving away this time is for life or something. Three like three thousand dollars a week for life now is what they're saying, which is less than because I think it used to be five thousand dollars a week for life. Uh, but the fine print is for your life. And uh, your life is defined as X number of years. Um, so even if you live longer, you don't keep getting it. But um, sure, it's like a ten or twenty year limit or something. Yeah, which three thousand dollars? I mean, that's one hundred and fifty or one hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars a year for twenty years. I mean, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. No, it's, I mean it's nothing to sneeze at, one way or another. Um, that shit. But, <laughs> thank you. I was gonna do it, but thank you. <laughs> but it's it's still, you know, I remember publishers clearing house sweepstakes when I was a kid that were, you know, up there with what we see in the Powerball nowadays, right? Mm. Um, but that's because they were backed by publishers because all of these magazine, uh, you know, would would get together and and publishers clearinghouse was really just a way for them to hawk magazines at you you know you'd get the thing in the mail and you could you could enter the contest but you could also order magazines right but who who gets magazines in the mail anymore i don't know anyone yeah i mean unless you work unless you've been collecting like the rolling stone and like whatever for god knows how many years you might there's a lot of people that still do it for that specific reason as a collection item but that's it. Yeah. That's 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 a Dunsky's kind of thing. But yeah. it in the end, it's just I saw it and that was my first thought as I was like, wow, what what who's still doing this? What company is still doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Wikipedia, as of 2012, uh Publishers Clearinghouse had distributed $225 million in prizes. Wow. Now are they just calculating the five thousand they've been doing a week? For the 20 years, or are they actually mentioning how many winners based on, like, how are they calculating that, though? Because I feel like that's a bit shady. Well, some of the larger prizes are the 5000 a week for life. They gave away $10 million one time um, okay. prizes, but they also give away things like a dollar Amazon gift cards, uh, up to $2,500 Amazon gift cards, $1 million, $3 million, larger cash prizes paid in uh, installments uh, with a balloon payment at 30 years, things like that. Um, but yeah. Odds of winning the $5,000 a week for life uh, are 1 in 6.2 billion. Uh, yeah, for sure. Keeping that in perspective, the world's population is currently 7.7 billion. Yeah. So, so, yeah, they don't necessarily give a prize away every time. Um, I mean, it's for just like... Every year. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's just like the lottery, the Powerball, you know... Every time I hear someone say, well, someone's got to win, I say, no, actually, they don't. Most mm-hmm. times they run the Powerball, no one wins. Uh, that's the whole point of it, is that they collect your money because you think someone's got to win, and then no one wins, and then they roll on to the next time, and they collect a bunch of money, and no one wins, and so on and so forth, right? 
That's um, it. By the time that someone wins that $60 million, uh, you know, they've already accumulated, you know, $300 million from you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, the government's a hustle. They know what they're doing. But anyways, I don't know how we got on uh, <laughs> sweepstakes again. Uh, my brains. Boy, brains this has been a tangent episode. <laughs> uh, it always is. But no, I, you know, just to wrap up my crime, because that's what we were starting on is I, it didn't matter how awesome Jericho versus Cassidy was going to be. Uh, NXT was always going to win once they announced it was going to be Lee versus Cole Bebe. Uh and and the spoilers i don't think the spoilers hurt either company directly i think they helped one company more than the other um i don't think people read the AEW spoilers and said i don't want to watch that uh but they did read or see the nxt spoiler and say i do want to watch that well, I mean, the ratings, too, though, spoke wonders as well as NXT won, what, 300,000 more viewers than the AEW one. I think it was eight, NXT was like 800 something and AEW was 600 something. I was going to just look that up here because uh, I read it when they first came out. Uh but I haven't looked it up recently. So, well, I remember a fan mentioning that to Jericho, and then Jericho was like calling him an asshat and well, saying that he wasn't looking at the quarter hours or something like well, that. Well, no, Jer- Jericho long. had had a very important point because uh, mm. because his point was um, that it it was important to remember that there's a demo that they're going at, right? Mm-hmm. And the demographic is important uh and they that aew still had what this was last week when this all happened but the aew still won the the demographic uh specifically the uh 18 to 49 right and so here um i'm looking at this week um and that's why when you look at the the ratings bracket when it comes out the, you know, aew is actually seventh in the night in the bracket, right, which is important, that at a 0.28 on the 18 to 49, whereas NXT, you actually have to scroll down quite a ways to find NXT, still trying to find it, I might not even have made it to the top 50, and again, if I scrolled over it, or, um, yeah, I'm not seeing NXT on here, so NXT didn't even make the top 50 in that bracket, oh, no, there it is, 24, so, but in that, in that demo, NXT just did a 0.20. But then you look at overall viewerships, AEW did 715,000 and NXT did 759,000. So yes, it beat them by 45,000, 44,000. Okay, I must have saw like the early things or something. I don't know. So, 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 no, NXT won. NXT won by 44,000 people. Right. right. They definitely trounced them in terms of overall people. But the important thing is the demo, because what that says is, and and looking at here in the 50 plus demo, NXT got a 0.39, AEW got a 0.27. Uh, mm. So NXT gets a lot more of old people. I don't want to say <laughs> it, it to sound bad, but well, I mean, I'm closer to that than you are. Um, but but 
but in the end, from a marketing standpoint, the marketers, the advertisers look at the demo. People like you and I think a lot about the number um, and we say, oh, you know, NXT got a higher rating in terms of overall numbers, higher viewership. And that's true. They had more viewers. There's no denying that. Um, and that's that's to be applauded. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. But Chris Jericho's point was that in the business, they don't look at overall viewers. They look at demos. Um, and the main demo is that 18 to 49 uh, demo. And then they go into to more detail looking at 18 to 49 male, which uh, AEW did uh, 0.39 and NXT did a 0.26. Um, so males 18 to 49, more of them watched AEW than NXT. Uh, females 18 to 49 was pretty close to the same. AEW had a little bit of an edge there. Uh, when you get down to to uh, younger demo, where you're talking. Uh, 18 to 34, uh, it's it's a 0.19 for AEW and a 0.11 for NXT. That's a bigger deal. So what we're seeing here is that NXT tends to have the younger crowd, more or less, um, which the advertisers look at as a good thing, at least a lot of advertisers. There are certain advertisers that are going to go after that 50-plus crowd. Um, they're just not the advertisers that wwe typically wants to aim for right but it is still important to uh yes 100 percent nxt won the overall viewers the last three weeks in a row um i don't necessarily think it's a competition between the two uh i i more or less look at this and go we had nearly 1.5 million people again watching wrestling on a wednesday night that's it uh that's phenomenal. Now, I, I'm going to point out, it doesn't matter how big those numbers are, when Food Network's Guy's Grocery Game uh, <laughs> got about 300,000 more viewers than either of them. Real, House, <laughs> Real Housewives of Beverly Hills got almost double, almost the amount that both of them combined got. Um <sighs> Uh, you know, a bunch yeah, of political we have stuff. to go before this uh, before this Wednesday night war even remotely matches up to the Monday night war. Yeah, heck, MTV's The Challenge Total Madness got nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand views. Hey, do you know how the Cannonball did? Um, That's you... the Mrs. Show that he's yeah, hosting. Yeah, I don't. I, I'd have to look because I'm specifically looking at Wednesday. Uh, oh, okay, right. Sorry. And so I'd have to look at that, but you Which know, I, I mean, I really want to go check out. I don't even know what the show is about, but whatever. The Miz is on it, and he's awesome. No pun intended. It's it's, it's um kind of an American Ninja Warriors meets Bonsai. You remember Bonsai? Yeah, I remember Bonsai. Bonsai was crazy. Um, it's it's mostly watch these people wipe out and fall into water is really what it comes down to. Mm, okay, so like wipe out. There was a show called like, Wipeout. Or was it like Wipeout, um, but, but this one looks like it's and less friendly. Um, this one looks like it's it's more friendly, and I'm trying to what's how do I want to word this? It's it's wackier, I think, in some ways, and like some of the stuff are specifically designed to you're going to fall in the water. How long can you hold on? Sort of thing. I don't know. Anyways, I haven't watched it yet, so maybe I'm wrong. But um, 
I'm just still looking at these trying to think uh, which one to point. House Hunters got double the viewers than either AEW or NXT, you know. Um, Not only did House Hunters get double the viewers, but probably a refund of, or a rerun of House Hunters because it's always on. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm actually seeing. It's listed on here. Um, the House Hunters for the 8 o'clock hour, uh, no, excuse me, for the 8.30 um, got double almost and the house hunters for the 10 o'clock got double so yeah Yeah. but that's why anytime you see uh posts talking about the ratings and aew got x number of viewers and nxt got x number of viewers and even going to um raw got x number of viewers or smackdown got x number of viewers you always need to take a step back and remember that it's not about volume of viewers it's about volume in the demo it's about share of the demo that they're looking at um and i'm by no means an expert on ratings and that's why i try not to harp too much on ratings one way or another i'm just trying to enjoy good wrestling Uh, but one of the gifts that we do have from wednesday night's war so far is that we have the passion of viewers is, is high enough to go okay I'm not upset about it because mm-hmm. they're they're tuning back in. Yes, and so that is something to be said on Wednesday and nights. What was really cool when I saw a tweet with Dax from FTR, he wrote, "Guys, listen, it doesn't matter who wins NXT or eight. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're getting a lot more people watching wrestling, so wrestling mm-hmm. fans win." And I was like, "Yep, that's that's exactly it." Of course, uh, the the uh, hardcore WWE stands would be like, "Well, of course he's going to say that they lost." Um, yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's right. Fans are fans. Um, I don't think NXT just moving to Wednesday night on its own without the AEW pump would have happened. Uh, would would be pushing the the million million viewer mark um, in wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I don't think WWE would have handed over their their exclusive product unless they knew that they were gonna they were trying to prevent somebody from taking over too much market share so yeah that's that's where i where it stands so yes i would say guilty um and i don't typically do this because i want to leave it to the jury but i would say guilty um they put on a good match it wasn't and i don't know if Meltzer's put out his ratings yet for uh for the nxt match but um it's it wasn't five star and i think if it if the nxt match wasn't a five star it's really close <laughs> yeah for sure like 4.75 like yeah, yeah. yeah. If, he, if he doesn't go five star he'll say 4.9 i mean he'll yeah. go as close as he can to it well we'll and see. he may give it a higher than five where do you find out dave Meltzer's uh ratings by the way um i just google uh, Dave Meltzer's rating, and um, <laughs> I got well, I mean, wrestling observer. Google that for you I, on air. That's, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> wrestling observer <laughs> newsletter is where he puts them out. Um, it's it's a subscription based to read the actual wrestling newsletter, um, but they always come out later on other ones. So I am going to go down, um, and oh boy. Oh geez, man! P- AEW Mark again. I I am surprised that uh, no one's calling him a 100% AEW Mark. Um, no, and you know I gotta be honest. I don't know. Um, 
Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm going to be so furious with this. Give me what I want, or maybe what I don't want. Give me what I don't want. So I'm going to start off with, well, let's see. I I think last week I compared them match by match, uh, even though everything's not head to head. We just um, we just do the this head to head because it was enough do this to, head set head. Over, so, to set so, over the entire episode. On uh, both AEW because what is there? There's six matches on each, so okay. we can do head to head. AEW okay. started off with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Private Party, and he gave that. I didn't. I haven't watched AEWs yet except for the the match that went head to head. It, so, it was uh, a great match. He gave it four stars. Okay, I. I probably would have done three and a half, but four okay. is within her there. Uh, NXT started off with Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim. And I did watch that, obviously. Um, I, 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 I got to give, I gotta give probably that to Hangman. Um, Hangman and, and Kenny. Uh, not by a ton, though. Candice really... So I, I, I'm starting to become a, a Candice Smart, like Smart says. So um, quarter star difference, probably. Maybe a half star. So yep. you'd be saying three and a half or so, somewhere in there? Yeah. Two and a quarter. God. Oh. Oh. So then we have AEW Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. Okay. I'm not remembering that match all that well. I feel oh. like it was a decent match. It was a decent match. I probably would have gone around three stars on it, kind of middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, three stars is still a great match. Yo, one star is a bad match. Two stars would be an average match, in my opinion, right? Um, So three stars. He gave it three and three quarters. Going up against Bronson Reed versus Tony Nee. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's... Boy, that was just a segment of crap between the two shows then. Okay. Um, Because I don't think Lance Archer... Again, I haven't seen it, but I don't think there's any way Lance Archer versus Janela was... uh, almost four-star match um but i can guarantee tony nice and, and bronson reed was not i mean one and a half is that what he gave it pretty close one and three quarters yeah it wasn't a great match um but nothing bronson reed is just so everybody the only good bronson reed match i've given was against uh carrying cross so <laughs> no. third match of the night for both shows lucha brothers and the butcher and the blade versus ftr and the young bucks which I still haven't watched. Oh, so uh, mad. This, this probably was, at least from AEW, match of the night. And frankly, really? probably should have been the main event. Um, yeah. Because it, it plays to AEW's strong suits in tag team wrestling. Okay. Um, Meltzer gave it four and three quarter stars. I don't, I can't argue with that. That's probably fair. Um, okay. NXT's one was Johnny Gargano versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah, but Swerve doesn't put on Swerve doesn't elevate Gargano. Gargano elevates Swerve, and so you're gonna get a, a because Gargano's in it. You got a four star match. You also only got a four star match because Swerve was there. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say three and a quarter to four. Um, three and a half is what Meltzer gave it. I think Swerve. I think. Yeah, I think um, I think Swerve has the potential to put on a five star match. I think he's still really green. Yeah, um, I, there's no there's no there's not a lot of character to, to Swerve. Swerve well, is I, I, I'm I'm Mr. Cocky Cool. Like like until you are Mr. Cocky Cool, being the character Mr. Cocky Cool doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> 
You know what I'm um, saying? Yeah. I, I'm going to reword because I said green and he's not green because he's been wrestling on the indies for a long time. And so that that uh, isn't the best description. He's just still adapting to the to the WWE styles. Correct. Um, I think that's the better way to word it. I just but think the, there's I think there's probably six months to a year in developing Mr. Cocky Cool character to for me to believe Mr. Cocky Cool, you know? Um moving on to the next one. Nyla Rose versus Kenzie Page and Kylan King on Star. Uh yes, that is a one star match. Um, <laughs> I I wouldn't even have given it one star. Yeah, uh, because it was it was just a squash match, glorified. Anytime it's monster versus two people, not good. Um, moving over to NXT, you had Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza, um, known as whatever the Fantasma. I can't remember. <laughs> Protagono de Fantasma or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, versus... Legardo de Fantasma. Yeah. It was what? Well, his group is called Legardo or something. I thought there was a P, but anyway, moving forward. But uh, versus Drake Maverick and Bree Zango. Yeah, that was a good match. That mm-hmm. one, I mean, that'd be one star, right? Yeah, it definitely be yes. one star. Okay, I was going to say, it was a good match. It wasn't but, a match tonight, but um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a three and a half star, four star match. Three and a half to four stars? That is um, at least one and a quarter stars more than Dave Meltzer gave it. What? Oh, Two well. and a quarter stars. Escobar by himself. Now, again, I didn't believe in him when he was uh, Del Hijo de Del Fantasma. Like I, I was like, I don't really. But his heel work is so good, so good. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, no, and and not to mention Rizango, new entrance all the time. So fine. <laughs> yep. And Tyler Breeze is a phenomenal wrestler. Yes, I, he is. I really don't think people give him enough credit because he's been and, uh, this. this. He keeps getting put with freaking uh, Fandango. He was doing so good as a singles Whoa. competitor. Fandango, uh, Fandango, the reason Fandango's great is not necessarily his in-ring work. His promo cuts are so good oh. because his yeah. voice just makes you li- His voice is like, is like James Earl Jones. Like, you're forced to listen. Um, I just every time I see Fandango, I just think to myself, did I just turn on 1997 WCW and Disco Inferno's come into the ring? <laughs> Until you hear him talk, and it's way better than that. Yeah, and so, but that's the deal is I think I think Tyler Breeze, and it's not even just being paired with Fandango, it's it's the whole gimmick that he developed. It underscores undercuts his in-ring ability it makes him look like a gimmick wrestler instead of a real wrestler um and and i think that holds him back but but yeah no i i would agree this is at least a three-star match if not a four-star um and but it beats it only beats the squash match by one and a quarter stars that's that's where i saw this and i was like oh geez i'm surprised people aren't lighting Meltzer up about that uh moving on we've got two more matches for Dark Order and Colt Cabana versus SCU on AEW. Um, even if you haven't watched this match, knowing the players in it, Dark Order, of course, um, would have been. Um, it was it was uh, Brody Lee and I think it was Evil. No, it's Stu Grayson. Um, and then Colt Cabana. 
versus the entirety of SCU, that's going to be a decent match. You know, they're all decent, but he gave it three stars. I don't know if I would have gotten quite to three stars with it, but I can't really argue stars, right? Right. Uh, NXT had Mercedes Martinez versus Santana Garrett. In her first match. In her first match. So it was a squash. And it was lame. Yeah. So. I mean, it was was okay. I'd give it like a two. A hard two. That is one more than Meltzer gave it. Oh, wow. Oh, that was. So if you put the women's squashes up against each other, they're not the same score. No, that's that's kind of the thing is it's like we're talking about Nyla Rose beating up on two nobodies against Mercedes Martinez coming out and beating someone who's been shown on NXT to be at least a competitor. You How know? much is another one? Hmm? How much one star. Another... One star for oh. both. Sa- same score for both of them. Yet they are not equal match. Right. Um, you know, if if we were giving a score out of 100, um, you know, effectively a one star match is a is a 20, and these right. both weren't 20s. Nyla Rose versus the two people was maybe a five. Uh, yeah. At best, and Mercedes Martinez versus yeah, she did do good good promo. And this is I'm not trying to knock Nyla Rose because we love Nyla Rose on this show. Mm. Um. But this match is not equal to the other match. It just wasn't. Um, from setup to delivery to everything, they, they're not equal. And then the final two matches, of course, we talked about Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy on one, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, Bebe on the other. Yep. And Meltzer gave them both four and a quarter stars. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, he's got to be a crazy Orange Cassidy mark then. Um, I mean, I can't really hate that, but at the same time, you've got to realize that the better match for sure was freaking Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Like, it was just a phenomenal, like, maybe he liked the storytelling with, because the Jericho and Cassidy had some nice storytelling too, but again, I feel like it would at least win by a point fifty for Adam Cole and Thing. Like, yeah. I I, I do not have a problem with giving Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy four and a quarter stars. I think that's a very fair rating for it. The problem is giving Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, baby, four and a quarter stars is not a fair rating. Um, right. I think yeah. it's at least four and a half stars. If, Like I said before, I think you could make an argument for it being a five-star match. I think... The problem I have with Meltzer and his ratings, though, how does this guy end up rating everything? This guy watches UFC, and he's watching other MMA stuff, and he's watching boxing, and he's just watching a whole bunch of other crap. How do you get the time to, like, fairly rate... Well, I guess we're discussing that he's not fairly rating, so that's <laughs> what might explain that. But where do you get the time to rate all of these freaking things? Like, well, jeez. N- number one, it's literally his job. We've talked before about... Th- this is not our job on this podcast. We all have have uh, menial schlub jobs that we have to do. This is our fun. Um, mm. We would love for it to be our job. Hint, hint, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. I was wondering which site you were going with. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, but but we all schlep to jobs and, and, and work at other things for a living. But he literally eats, breathes wrestling and, and fighting. I mean, that's that gets up in the morning 
and watches and rates. Now, on top of it, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, I mean, it's more than just him doing it. So he's got other people that work for him that also um, do rating and collate stuff. And, you know, I, I imagine he probably watches strictly the matches and not any promos in between. So he takes a two-hour show and cuts it down to hour and 15 minutes to, to actually watch, right? Um, you know, and, and then he writes uh, and other people do other stuff. But, I mean, literally, it's it's his job, and he's been doing it since, like, 1970, you know? Mm. So, um, <laughs> but... 1970? I, don't, I think maybe, like, 84. I don't think it needs a Google, but I know you're doing it anyways. I, I you better believe I'm going to. <laughs> um, I was trying to trying to see if the if uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter website showed like a staff listing or something like that, and uh, but it's all behind a paywall, and I am not a subscriber right now, so I am not going to be able to get past that paywall. But mm. let's just see Dave Meltzer, uh, born October twenty fourth, nineteen. 59. Hmm. So, I mean, even if he's been doing it since he was 20, it's 1979 till now. Well, I uh, know he started off when he was fairly young. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. Started 1980. So, oh, okay. So, Damn. not quite the 70s, but uh, close enough. Forever. Yeah, forever. forever. Yeah, still. Forever. Still. A very, very long time doing. Um, and and the thing is, you know, I don't want to dog on Meltzer too much because, you know, well, Eric Bischoff does it enough on his show um, <laughs> for all of us. Um, I I like Meltzer, and I think he's got some very very good insight into the communities and and the wrestling business as a whole. Um, I do think a lot of people put way too much faith in his star ratings. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. If he rates something six stars, there's probably a good reason he rated it six stars, right? Uh, right. If he gives something five stars, there's probably a good reason that it was rated five stars. But just because he doesn't rate something five stars does not mean it's not a five-star match. It's just not a five-star match in his book, Right. And and that's kind of important to at least keep in mind. Um, you know, he also, like I said, uh, Eric Bischoff has a lot of problems with him, um, with claims of him not knowing what he's talking about or just making up rumors out of his out of his ass. Um, and you could argue maybe he did, maybe he didn't. You know, but I, he's been doing this for long enough. I can't help but feel he's got at least some insiders that report to him. For However, sure. the the business is also set up in a way where um, they try to root out the insiders, and and one of the easiest ways to root out an insider is to feed false information to someone and see if it leaks out. So, of course, he is going to occasionally get some false information. Um, so that's going to affect the dirt, you know, reporting there. Um, a lot of people would argue that he's uh, even more than AEW biased; that he's New Japan biased, and. I, once again, I don't necessarily think he's biased, biased. I think he inherently um, likes the style, the non-WWE styles better, which plays out in his ratings. Um, but, you know... He, he does, like, more flip-de-doos. Yes. Um, 
but like uh, Kazuchika Kata versus Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom 14 this year got five and three quarter stars. Um, was it a five and three quarter star match? I, I believe it probably was. I haven't seen that particular one uh, yet because there's a lot of wrestling already to watch and, and throwing in Wrestle Kingdom makes it really hard. It's on my list, but there's a whole lot of other stuff also on my list. Um, but does that it mean... It just made the list. It, yeah, it just made the list. But that, <laughs> does that mean that um, nothing WWE has put out is worth watching this year? Also, no. Uh, WWE has had some phenomenal matches this year. Just none of them made it past five stars in Dave Meltzer's mind. Right. All right. So we have done Moving one on. crime. We've done one crime and we've been talking to for an hour. So let's move on to crime number two. Uh, I'll take it because mine's going to be pretty quick. Okay. Um, so Guilty. I... Sorry. <laughs> All right, we're done. Okay, next. Um, so I don't know if this is a charge in terms of agreeing with them or giving them a good charge or a bad charge, if you will. Um, but I'm still charging the WWE slash Sheamus slash Jeff Hardy um, for still continuing this feud, but also maybe kind of, sort of, for some odd reason, liking the fact that now it's a bar fight match as opposed to a random stupid single match that we could have that we pretty much have seen already and already was ridiculous but at least making this match go from i guess let's say the pre-show to going to the actual main card because now it's going to be a bar fight uh, in that regard, had we saw on SmackDown with the Miz and uh, Morrison pretty much antagonizing Jeff Hardy to agree to that match, and uh, it was kind of stupid, it was kind of cheesy, but at the same time, I'm also kind of curious and at least a bit more excited for this match than I was prior. Don't know if that's necessarily a fair assessment, but I like the double symbolism there of him battling Seamus, who's being a bully, and also battling his demons, which I, again, he's been doing and he's fine, but I since they're going with this stupid storyline, I feel like this is the best way they could have done it with this ridiculous storyline, so I'm charging the WWE for fine and Seamus and Jeff for maybe being a bit more creative in this aspect, and making perhaps a lot more viewers curious about this match than before um and yeah that's uh, that's my story and i'm sticking to it i i will i will agree here's here's the reason that i don't hate this pairing um right now like i've i've been against the using his um personal demons as a storyline for a while just because it doesn't feel right to me he's right. obviously okay with it but but you know it's it's hard when your paycheck depends on someone for you to say, no, I don't want to do that. I get that. Um, but this is the only match so far announced for Extreme Rules that I understand why it's being done under an Extreme Rule, right? Like every other match WWE's announced so far for Extreme Rules has just been like, hey, we've got a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules coming up. We need to do a match that's an Extreme Rules match. This one at least makes sense, right? 
right. from a storyline standpoint, them doing a bar fight with extreme rules makes sense. If if it was any other time of the year and they said this is going to be a bar fight, it would make sense at that point, right? right. It's not just, oh, we've got an, uh, an extreme rules pay-per-view. It's, it's the same problem they have every year when Hell in a Cell comes up. It's suddenly like these two people have to fight in a cell for no reason whatsoever except that Helen Cell is in a week. Right. So I give them I give them at least a pass for that. It makes sense for this to be a barroom brawl because of the storyline that they've built up with these. That's it. I do disagree with your statement of this being the only kind of extreme rules match that makes sense. I think the um, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt match at the Swamp makes sense because that's essentially where they first met. Well, yeah, uh, that part makes sense. The fact that they're having a match at all doesn't. That's why that one doesn't make sense to me. Because it's just like... We just had that. Yeah. Hey, we, we just fought a month ago, but we'll, shall we fight again? Uh, okay, yeah. let's have That's a swap true. match. That's why, you know, there's a payoff to something. For a non-title as well. Like, it's not, it's, it's not even a title match. And I'm like, what? So then Bray Wyatt's definitely going to win great thanks for spoiling it guys <laughs> but that, but that's the deal that's why i say it yes the idea of them having a swap match makes sense but the feud doesn't make any sense because they they're not in a feud per se um well they didn't I, I don't think up this is against the fiend right this is against bray at the moment yet yeah, it's, it's as far as we know it's supposed to be I would anticipate they do some Matt Hardy shenanigans during it where we see it we see multiple versions of Bray Wyatt show up, including the fiend. That's what I would assume. But um but yeah, it's just the that's why I say that is one hundred percent a match that's just like, hey, we've got a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. What can we do? Oh, we can do an extreme rules match between these two people. Uh it wasn't feud based, whereas at least the Jeff Hardy one goes back long enough that it's feud based. They're like, hey, let's do a barroom brawl. I don't know. Right. So I give him a pass on that. I'm not exactly excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least a bit more excited about it being that than just a singles match, which yeah would have been just a piss break now it's kind of like all right now are you gonna make it a cinema like a a cinematic a, a cinematic map you know oh, what i, I mean but that could have gone cinematic yeah so um, that makes it a heck of a ton more interesting too well watch they're gonna start pitching at this uh next week is the greatest barroom match of all time oh geez. and then we're gonna get you to go on a rant again on i'm like why. there's no way the greatest barroom brawl of all time you guys are forgetting about. I, I can't. Yeah, remember. unfortunately, you'll have to Google it first. So, Bradshaw, Bradshaw and somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna tell you right now. I hate this storyline. Still hate it. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I hate the storyline. Like, like unfortunately, because of the way it starts, I, I hate the storyline. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and I I agree with you there as well. I but at the same time, it kind of grew on me a tad. The storyline's still a tad ridiculous. But uh, they have not made chicken salad yet. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. In a, to to quote uh, to paraphrase, sorry, um, Eric Bischoff. 
You should probably also say Naomi because she also commented on her karaoke segment when a fan asked her about it. And then she said, we made chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> so uh, it's technically yeah, She's going to be jobless soon. Huh? Well, at this rate, honestly, does it really freaking matter? She's yeah, so- I was going to say, she's never yeah. been used recently. I mean, uh, you know, they, so- they don't use her, don't use her. And then they're like, hey, you want to be in a karaoke match? And she's like, well, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to pay me money? Okay, I'll do it. Um, yeah. yeah. But. So, yeah, this is, I mean, they're, 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 they, they've got some chicken shit, and it looks like chicken salad. I still think that it's still chicken shit. So. Like I said, I, I'm not a fan of the storyline either. Um, right. I'm just saying, in terms of it being a barroom brawl at Extreme Rules, I'm fine with it. I don't like the storyline, but at least it makes sense for it to be an Extreme Rules match at Extreme Rules. Other than, I mean, I don't even know what other matches are currently announced for Extreme Rules offhand, because aside from the Bray Wyatt... Uh, um, other matches? Oh, there was like six of them announced, technically. Oh, yeah, but Extreme Match... Um, yeah, no, no, not ringing a bell. The ladies' matches, none of them are any kind of extreme type of styles. Um, hey, speaking of styles, that's a guy I want to see in an extreme rules match. Is he fighting at Joey extreme Styles? Uh, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I want to see him commentate in an extreme rules match. All I have to do is go watch old ECW, though, for that. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler is going to have some sort of stipulation. Oh, right. We, that's it, because there's like a few of them we don't know, right? Yeah. So. Um, but currently, Asuka versus Sasha Banks doesn't have a stipulation, as far as I know. Uh, Bailey versus Nikki Cross currently doesn't have a stipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. How could I forget that? Oh, right. Yeah, which we don't even know what that even means. Their official synopsis says the winner is the one who snatches the other's eye from their face. Like, how is that going to work? How is that okay? Yeah, like, aren't you supposed to be, like, catering to young kids? What is this? Well, and ultimately... I do know that, according to all reports, Rey Mysterio's contract is up. He's working on a per appearance right now. I so I would anticipate this being the the last match for Rey Mysterio for at least a while. Um, so maybe another eye injury for him to give. Um, I'm not not excited. Gotta be about honest that. with you, I'm kind of excited to see how they do the eye situation, though. Like I'm very, very not excited, but very, very curious. Uh, and of course, uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in the Swamp Fight, and then Apollo Cruz versus MVP. But there's no stipulation announced for that. Um, I am sure the stipulation is going to be winner is the official U.S. title holder because MVP claims to be the U.S. title holder because he had a new belt made. And he beat him last week. Yeah, I um, I Bless wish him. I wish I knew it was that simple to be the title holder. Just get a belt make, and you can be the title holder. Well, maybe if you own an MVP club, 
you would have enough money to buy yourself a belt. Taz did it, and he doesn't. Yeah, I was about to say. Speaking of it, Taz just brought the FTW belts to AEW and was like, ha, here's a new champion. And now he's facing Pillman Jr. on uh, AEW Dark. AEW Dark for it. So AEW is doing the same thing, which, by the way, I think was a direct knock at that segment, right? I imagine it was. No, here's what it comes down to. First of all, the FTW title actually has existed for a long time. It was an oh, so that I get. Yeah. Um, and it was an ECW thing that Taz owned the trademark for. So there's only been two people who ever held it. Um, and it's Taz and Sabu held it for a short period of time. And then Taz won it back. Uh, but Taz owns that. And Taz has specifically said um, he brought it because he thought that Brian Cage needed something more. A, a little bit more of a a hype before the match, something to to give him a little bit of um, momentum, mm-hmm. and so bringing this belt in and doing that. So at least according to Taz, it had absolutely nothing to do with WWE in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I believe it because it it didn't seem they didn't they didn't put it like a big presentation of of oh what's this on the table? Oh, it's the FTW belt that I created uh, because I'm the new FTW champion. So yeah, but I mean, it was very similar. That being said, I think the FTW belt's ugly. I do think the new U S title belt that they unveiled is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's fair though. But keep in mind that belt was also made what 30 years ago, long time ago, but Uh, you can get it. You can get it upscaled, you know, you can get some jewels put on it. I don't know. I guess maybe maybe a title that's named Fuck the World uh, doesn't need jewels on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if anything, it needs the least amount of jewels and glitter possible. But Bedazzle but, uh, that shit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, yes. So Kayfabe, it is your turn. Good, sir. What is your crime where you are charging people? My crime is against people who get pissed off at spoilers because spoilers do not ruin the show if the show is good and this can extend into movies too but i will flat out say in wrestling it did not ruin anything that i watched this week that had a spoiler on i i've been a long time believer that i don't think spoilers ruin good storylines um for movies and tv shows included and and wrestling um my whole rant last week was less about knowing the spoilers and more about when you post spoilers most people post them on an effort to ruin people don't post spoilers because they want to inform people and have a happy family See, I they, think one of those was uh oops, one of them was ac- accidental i'm 100 certain that the uh uh <coughs> member of in the share posted it accidentally um but the aew one was 100 percent maliciously leaked um, I don't, maybe not maliciously, but braggatociously. But he, but that's my thing. I don't have a problem with spoilers. My problem is with the people who leak them. Uh, just because it's like, I mean, come on, man. How many like, times have we seen a wrestling spoiler turn out well for the people who got spoiled? It's pretty frequent in wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I would argue the other way. There were a lot of times that it went badly, but the times that it went well... Uh, have well have overshadowed the times that that it went badly um you know a lot of people like to point to the Mick Foley um winning the title as an example of when the spoiler um worked out better for the company that was spoiled 
Um, but I mean, wrestling, spoiling the other's wrestling results is a long, illustrious uh, thing that goes way back to like the 50s, you know, in, in the um, the local regional thing. It was not uncommon for someone to try to leak results from or spoil it for their competition. Um, and it rarely, it rarely helped the competition um, in those respects. But recently, the I think the problem is it's one thing to spoil just a match. You know, it was one thing to spoil um, Nyla Rose versus two jobbers, right? It's another thing to try to spoil the world title match, especially when it's of the caliber of people who are as popular as Keith Lee and Adam Cole Bebe are. Um, True. But I I would argue that um, in this respect, spoiling the the AEW results did not help AEW. Um, no. It no, didn't. I, I don't think it hurt my enjoyment of the show, but I do know that I was checking and, and about halfway through, I was like, yep, these are exactly what this person reported was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that now... Yeah, there's always the devil is in the details sort of a thing. You know, spoilers are just like, this is what happens. This person wins. But the storyline in wrestling is not necessarily always about who wins. It's how they win, right? Yes. Um, And in, in the case of NXT, we didn't know how it happened. We just knew that there was a picture showing Keith Lee celebrating with both titles. Um, So in that respect, it probably in a way helped that I would agree there um, the same thing with going back to the Mick Foley thing you know WCW didn't say hey just keep keep your uh, tuned here because on the other channel you're going to have this match where <coughs> where Mick Foley does this and then the other guy does this and then this happens and this happens and then in the end Mick Foley gets the victory by doing this which uh, would be awesome if they did that though well, what they said is you don't want to watch the other people because this really, really popular wrestler is going to win the belt. <laughs> what that, a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like, uh, I don't know. It'd, it'd be like if... It uh, did sound really convincing. Like, oh, don't go over to that other one if you wanted to see Mick Foley win the title. Like, ugh. You know, like, they tried to make it seem like it was nothing. But, yeah. Well, they tried to, but it still was was misunderstanding how popular Mick Foley was. Right. To, to use a, a um, American baseball reference, it'd be like if someone um, tried to spoil the World Series by saying, yeah, you don't want to watch the final game of the World Series. I mean, the Cubs are going to win. You know, I, I know that. So. <laughs> um, it, it was already going to be a really watched uh, World Series one way or another. But if people knew the Cubs were going to win beforehand, I guarantee you everyone and their dog was going to turn in to see how the Cubs win. Yeah, so, yeah I'll give you that. Yeah, so, sure. so so I I agree with you with the caveat of my anger is, is not towards the spoilers themselves because I can enjoy a wrestling match even knowing who's going to win. I mean, how many times have I watched Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Kata one, two, or three, right? Knowing how that, how many times have I watched Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match? M- more times than I'd like to admit, probably. Um, uh, and I know how it's going to happen and what's going to happen in the end. Um, but it's still the journey on that is where it's important. Um, but it's the malicious nature of the spoilers that I have the biggest problem with. It's the I am going to spoil this for you. 
because I don't want you to enjoy this. I want to take that out of it. Um, like I said last week, I also think there was a little bit of, oh, oh, WWE's NXT got spoiled. And then all of a sudden, a day later, AEW gets spoiled, despite the fact that there haven't been spoilers for either of those shows in any previous week. Um, I really feel like, and, you know, conspiracy brains can do this sometime. I really feel like this, there was a response from WWE where they're like, oh, our main event got spoiled. Well, then we're going to find someone to leak the main event from or the the events from AEW so that ours isn't the only one spoiled this week. Yeah, I mean, it's anything's really possible, though. Vince does seem that petty, so, you know. 100% Vince is that petty. Uh, so, give me what I want. The spoilers. But... But but yeah no I don't think I agree. it ruined the show by any means no it did not ruin the show no, but it, I mean it could it it could though like it really could because it really does in this instance the NXT spoilers it almost did like the Mick Foley thing like you guys were mentioning because at the same time they did it really well though because that match like I mentioned to you guys when I was watching it I was still at one point when Adam Cole did the second sunset whatever it's called when Adam Cole did that and I'm like oh so Adam Cole's winning so they changed oh, and then oh no Keith you know so. that happens to AEW, and um, and we have even a, a glimpse of finger poke of doom happening on the other side. Mm-hmm. A, AEW wins hands down. Yeah, for sure. Like we even think we're getting close to a finger poke of doom, but that's and not what we thought. We're wait, yeah. I would like to know who's because it seems like any match that Adam Cole is uh, is in always tends to have this extra. Um, just this extra, you know, intense mechanism that I just don't know where they're going with it. To, uh, to the majority of some in some matches, you just it was whatever. But for most of the time, though, at least like it's pretty opposite compared to the WWE main events like Raw or SmackDown. And I get it; it's a completely different person writing from obviously from NXT but I mean Bruce Pritchard is feeling tired and stressed out so all I'm saying is gotta yeah, get writing I, that I, stuff over to Raw and Smackdown and give me that little hint of surprise-ness cause hot diggity damn was that a great show even with the if it was with even if I didn't know any of the spoilers holy heck that match would have got six stars like that but I think the spoilers might have messed up with my rating I think I think the common denominator is Adam Cole right there, baby. Um, well, yes and no, because at the same time, that parking lot match was complete garbage. Yeah, I I, I would suggest there's a lot that's going for that's going really positive for Adam Cole, baby, um, and for NXT. Um, their writers have more freedom. The wrestlers themselves get to have input with the writers, and the guy who manages it which would be Bruce Pritchard at, at, well, Bruce Pritchard slash Vince on SmackDown Raw. The guy who manages it on NXT is just Triple H, and he looks at the whole long-term storyline. 
And I think oh, I, I think a lot of it plays into Triple H also being a former wrestler. Yeah. Um, he knows what it is to have his hands tied because he did, and he knows what it is to not have his hands tied because he did. So he knows what both are, and he knows what kind of matches he can put on. And he knows that sometimes you can put on crap if your hands aren't tied, i.e. the last six WrestleManias that Triple H has done, yeah. which were about an entrance, not about Triple H, not about a wrestling match. That chair, though. That, mode. that chair. Oh, that chair. That throne. That throne. That motorcycle. Cody broke it. Yep. It's a good thing Cody smashed the chair. I, I uh, shouldn't say six because I, I don't know how many back we can go before we get to the Undertaker Triple H match, which should have been Triple H's last one. But I mean, that that's kind of the deal. Is like, you know, Bruce Pritchard, and I'm not trying to dog on him and say he, he doesn't know about wrestling, but he was never really a, a wrestler. How like no, he was a he was a personality. He was a personality. He he did wrestle some <laughs> matches, but he was mostly a personality and and either manager or commentator. Personality. I mean, you think about it, at that time you have if you have Paul Bearer or you have Brother Love, which one are you taking mm-hmm. in the ring? Um, even the talk show aspect, if you have Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and yes, I'm going to say the barber shop with Brutus the Barber Beefcake was better than Brother Love segments. Brother Love segments yeah. were not that good. For sure. Yeah. But, and and the, the barber shop, I may only feel that way because Marty Jannetty going through a window. It, it, I might really only feel that way because of that. But I can tell you for sure, Brother Love segments weren't that great back then. Bobby Heenan had better segments. And that's kind of my point is like uh, Bruce Pritchard knows what it's like to be a manager. He knows what it's like to be a commentator. He knows a little bit about in-ring, but not really. Um, And then he knows what he knows with booking. And Triple H comes at it as, I know what it's like to be the in-ring performer. I know what it's like to try to put on a good match and try to build a match. I also know what it's like to be told, you can't do this and you have to do this when I know that it's better to do this. Um, And that's why I point also to Adam Cole in this, is that Adam Cole knows really well that his job as a heel is always to eventually make the face look good, period. That... Uh, even if he's supposed to win, he's supposed to win in a way that makes the face look good. Uh, because the heel's like job... The face got truly gypped. Yes. Like, completely and totally gypped. Because, uh, ultimately, the face is the face of the company. That's where the name comes from. You know, he's the one that you want the crowd to cheer for. And if you don't make him look good, they're not going to cheer for him. And the heel is always supposed to be the bad guy that gets booed in the end. And yes, you can be cheered and booed at the same time. Uh, But he knows that, you know, he goes out there for a match with Keith Lee, that regardless of who's winning, Keith Lee has to look like a superstar in that match. Even if they had booked it where Adam Cole Bebe was going to win. He he has to win in a way that makes Keith Lee still look good. So that means either a heel tactic like distraction or or kick to the groin or something like that. I mean, it's Ric Flair did it so well for most of his career that he would win the matches by the mule kick to the other person's groin where the ref couldn't see it. Um, 
and then in the end, the face still looked good because they didn't get beat fairly. Um, but they, they were the probably going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. And so, um, but I think the main roster WWE has been hampered by the fact that most of the bookers, including when they had uh, Eric Bischoff in charge of it, uh, including when they have Paul Heyman in charge of it. The bookers have not been performers. They've been booker, you know? Um, and I think I think that's something that AEW is showing can have at least a positive effect is even though, yes, the main booker in AEW is Tony Khan, who has never been a wrestler and probably will never be an active wrestler. Um, but he relies very heavily on the input of the talent because he understands that the talent might know a little bit more than he does in some respects. And he's enough of a fan. That's the other downside is Vince also really isn't a fan. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying to think of. Yeah. That that but, that is no? So you're telling me this guy's not even like into wrestling? You Vince McMahon? No, it's it's a business to him. It's just about the money. He doesn't watch his own product. He, you know, he watches it on the monitor at the back while he calls orders to the ring. But he doesn't, he doesn't care about the product itself. He doesn't watch reruns of it. He doesn't watch any of the house shows that he's not directly involved in. He doesn't watch NXT because he's not directly involved in it. He's not a fan of the business, and he does not watch any other wrestling at all. Um, and that's that's well be a number for them. I guess that makes sense, but damn, that's also kind of sad. Whereas, um, there's always been rumors that Eric Bischoff had a TV on backstage playing WWE, and Eric Bischoff has denied that for the most part. But you better believe Eric Bischoff paid attention to what was happening on the other shows and watched tape from the other shows. If only to scout, yo, know, who who can I maybe try to pilfer next, right? Mm. Um, you better believe Tony Khan is watching DVRs of NXT. He might not be counter-programming directly to it, but he goes home at night and he's got the DVR of NXT waiting for him. I guarantee you that. I guarantee right. you he watches Raw and SmackDown. And I would not be surprised if he also watches Impact and MLW and, and Ring of Honor. I mean... But that's because he's a long-term fan of the business. Um, Vince McMahon took over the business because his dad had a successful business and Vince McMahon had an idea of making it more successful and did a really good job of it. I mean, he's been very successful at what he did, but he did not become a wrestling booker or a wrestling owner because he liked wrestling. He became a wrestling owner because he saw money in it. Damn. And I don't think he'd even deny it. I think if you went to to him and specifically said that he'd be like yeah you're right i'm not a wrestling fan do you think he checks twitter because i feel like that's the only way i could get to him um i would bet hard money that he doesn't even know his login to twitter that any tweet coming out from vince mcmahon is corporate Ugh, never get the answer um and and i can back that up by the fact that if you go to vince mcmahon's twitter you never see anything on there that isn't directly like promote business promotional. You know what I mean? Um, hey, it's uh, so-and-so's birthday. So let's uh, tweet out a happy birthday to somebody. So mm-hmm. I, in fact, today, 
Vince McMahon. He's been a three-time Universal Champion, five-time WWE Champion, UFC Champion, and Champion in the NCAA. There is only one like him in the world. Happy birthday, Brock Lesnar. Right. To the son Vince never had. Mm -hmm. A day ago, happy 100th birthday to my mom. That might be him. Yeah, that's that definitely might Possibly. be him. But, uh, but I could see him just saying to his secretary, tweet out a happy birthday to my mom. Right. Um, Damn. You know, he 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 tweeted. He tweeted something to uh, uh, about what would have been his father's 106th birthday a week ago, but I guarantee you because that's former owner of the company that that was corporate, right? Well, yeah, because he doesn't in documentaries he didn't have a great relationship with his dad. He didn't. Um, Oh snap! And then uh, prior to six or. Six days ago, when he did tweeted about his uh, dad, his last tweet was the 21st of June. That was Happy Father's Day to my two kids who happen to also be involved in the business. Right. Um, and then prior to that, the 25th of May, Happy Birthday to Roman Reigns, and huh. then a, a generic Memorial Day uh, tweet. You know, and then prior to that, um, Chad Gaspar's death, um, which I feel like there's definitely been another birthday of an employee since Roman's birthday. Oh, I'm sure there probably has, but no one's <laughs> important to it. Um, that's the thing. That's, that's the one place. That's the one place where you maybe get that Vince runs his own Twitter. Possibly, you know, I I guess you could argue that if it was entirely corporate, that they would just have a calendar with birthdays and they'd be tweeting basically every day. Um, but at least know. at least every talent birthday. But then prior to that, it was happy birthday to Andre the Giant. What would have been his birthday? And then, oh, go watch The Last Ride. Oh, oh congratulations to Becky Lynch for being pregnant. Happy Mother's Day. Happy birthday to Kevin Owens. Um, corporate thing about frontline medical workers. Happy birthday to The Rock. Bunch of retweets of other things. Happy birthday to Titus O'Neil. Happy birthday to Triple Titus got it. Wow. I mean, Titus does do a lot. Happy birthday to John Cena. Sorry to announce the passing of Howard Finkel. Go watch WrestleMania. Happy Hmm. birthday to Randy Orton. Okay. Happy birthday to Rick. We got it. 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 Let's move on. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's that's the end of that. Um, don't hate spoilers, but there's. I, I understand when people do hate spoilers. I, I say hate spoilers, but hate them for the people doing the spoiling, not for the fact that they're spoilers. Yeah. Because you can still enjoy the match for it. It just it means there's someone out there that's mean spirited and, and doesn't care about your feelings, and that's worth hating. Um, Unless, of course, it's an accident, in which case. Yes. Accidents aside, we will move on to misdemeanors. And I, at the moment, I think I only have one. Um, but in a way, I'm actually gonna going to. Uh, no, it, it still it still goes the way it is. My misdemeanor is at AEW for only having one women's match this week uh, on Dynamite, and it was a squash match. And I get it. I think I said this last week. I understand AEW might be feeling a little bit tight for women right now because a lot of their women are overseas and probably not able to make it. Um, but they, they you had the women's champion there. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you had the women's champion there. You got to put a match on with her, or I don't know, versus her. You know, like or or bring in some other people. Yeah, I, you did have other female wrestlers in the crowd, just not AEW signed wrestlers. You know, you could have put Danny Jordan up there and had Danny Jordan versus versus Hikaru Shida in a match or something. I mean, throwing something together better than nothing. Um, NXT gets off. Uh, a little lighter because they had two women's matches. Well, um, the previous week was nearly all women's matches. Yeah, and the previous week had a lot of women's matches. But NXT had two women's matches. One of them was a squash, though. But the other one was a good match with Candice LeRae. So, you know, they don't get the the misdemeanor for that. And I'm just like, you know, the big knock on AEW right now is that their women's division is not up to snuff. And and I get it, but the only way it gets up to snuff is if you have people wrestle often. Yeah, Kenny. Omega. Um, yeah, Kenny Omega. Come <laughs> on. Uh, and it's and- not even a COVID thing. You cannot blame the COVID thing because it's still the same as what it was when it started. If anything, it's gotten worse because at least back then we had Kong coming in, kind of make it interesting. You had Smiley, whatever her name is, who was wow. pretty awesome, but then got fired or whatever have you. She then asked you for her release and is now in TNA. I'm sorry. She asked for her release. I'm sorry. Uh, she asked for her release. Now she's in TNA, which good for her because she's an amazing wrestler. Um, but, you know, you at least had stuff going on in the beginning. The whole Nightmare Rose thing was ridiculous with her stable there. But yeah, I think that's after that, it kind of failed. It just kind of. See, and I disagree that it's gotten worse. I just I just think it's gotten non-existent right because they have matches on AEW dark almost every week that have women on it, right so they're putting on the matches they're just not putting them on the main show um but which i wrong <laughs> which which is wrong but but that doesn't mean that because because you saying it's getting worse makes it sound like the product is getting worse and i don't i think the women's division is making phenomenal strides okay. I, the, their their talent in it is getting i mean uh, Penelope Ford is is great and put on a phenomenal match versus Hikaru Shida. Yeah, she's definitely getting better. Um, definitely. I you know, and I think I, they did get hit by some some um, injuries that hurt them, but I don't I don't think it's the in ring is the problem. I think it's oh. that they're not featuring them is the problem. And, and um, why though? Because that and I am not referring to their wrestling either. I guess uh, I could have been clearer on that too, but. Before you had them featured more with the whole Kong thing, with the Rose Nightmare thing, with Britt Baker uh, actually wrestling. Uh, now I get it. She's injured. Cool story. And she did have the promos before with Tony Schiavone. That's cool. So she was doing her thing. That's great. But you had a lot more activity with women before than you do now. Well, not that you have the wrestlers. You don't have more wrestlers now, but you're not doing anything with them. And that, that's where my, my misdemeanor is. It's more about not doing... Well, and not doing them on on the TV. Because, uh, yeah. yes, you put them on Dark, but we talked about this last week. A lot of people don't watch Dark. And if you want to build your women's division, you have to put it out in front of people so people can see it. Now, in a way, it's it's something that... All the, the promotions are struggling with it right now because they can't do house shows. But it is one of the advantages that WWE has with their their touring schedule is that no one ever gets a chance to get rusty or or out of 
out of ring shape because you are wrestling even if you're not on TV, you're still wrestling almost every day, right? Uh, and right now with COVID-19, none of the promotions are doing it. But AEW, with their schedule even before COVID-19, a lot of their people were not wrestling every day. And I think that hurt them at that time. I think they're working a lot harder on training now, um, which I think helps. But... I just, my, that's why it's the misdemeanor of just not having it on TV because they've got matches happening. Um, they just put them on dark when they really should be uh, put on on the TV where people can actually watch them and see them. Because I do think their women's division has vastly improved over over what it's been. Yeah. Um, it, but we're just not seeing it, you know? And... And that's where I think the problem lies. Agreed. I, I won't disagree with that. Anyone else have some misdemeanors? Yeah, nothing. Oh, okay. Um, just... Well, I'm, I'm saving my misdemeanor for catastrophe. <laughs> for your cat-ass trophy? Yep. Um, I'm just gonna go with SmackDown replaying a match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Um... Of from Money in the Bank on SmackDown and wasting and a half an hour for nothing when you could have done a decent women's kind of style match there or something instead of the freaking karaoke. That's my mistake. That one's gonna get props. That's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't get that. At first I was like, oh cool, we're gonna see like Bray Wyatt and Thing. And then I'm like, at first I, I'm like, oh cool, it's like regular Funhouse Wyatt coming out. Then I, then I see it's Money in the Bank and I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, they're replaying stuff again? Like, what? what is going on? And then I go see the karaoke match uh, or the segment, and I'm like, okay, and I'm a big fan of karaoke, so I was kind of excited for it. I love karaoke I was very curious, uh, and it was WWE themes. I was like, okay, cool, but then they made it into a shit show um, with Lacey Evans and only Naomi really being able to sing, making T- Tamina look like an idiot with trying to sing the games theme song um yeah i don't know it was just a really pointless segment and i hope to god um naomi and the usos i don't think the usos are gonna go anywhere but i really hope they just ask for their release because they haven't been doing anything with them and i would just much rather see them on like aew or like impact or just anywhere else but wwe because naomi especially man She's so talented, so talented. And she came up with the whole glow thing and everything from way back. And it was working. It was good. And then just they don't do anything with her. It's um, a fun word you used to describe Naomi. What? Talented. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say you. You. You're mispronouncing boring. <laughs> what? How is she boring? Have you seen her ring skills? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. And I yawn. Somebody that's really cool. Yeah, she launches her butt at people. Okay, uh, that move isn't great, but she's skilled in the sense that, like, you just haven't seen her in the ring in like a while. I feel I don't know. I, like, I've I've seen her enough. I I would rather watch Natalia. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, no offense to Natalia. Yeah, I mean, that's another one though. Like. That's so weird. Like, I would consider Natalia boring more so I, than I Nike. agree. She's boring. She is just less boring than 
Naomi. And and to be perfectly honest, you you praised the glow, and I think that plays into it. Her character is is um I'm I'm a girl who likes neon. But it worked for a bit, and then it didn't. But, but did it work, or are fans just raccoons attracted to bright lights? <laughs> Wow. Okay, I'm. I, I'm. So you're. You're an ass. But I, I might also be biased in that sense because I also saw what is it, the diva show there, or uh, I don't know what their total divas or whatever. And she was going through the fact that how she came up with that idea and so on. So I was. It's like I was there through the beginning of her making of the glow whole thing and how she presented it to WWE and so on. So I don't know. I appreciated her work ethic into that, and she does have in-ring ability it's just the she also never gets a chance to wrestle so she's not like in tip-top shape i might be biased here and i don't know why i am biased but i really enjoy her when she's in the ring because i think she's fun and exciting compared to natalia or compared to um uh who am i like i think she might even be better lacey evans is good too and i don't want to say she's better than lacey evans because i think lacey evans is phenomenal as well but i think naomi might be more exciting whereas lacey evans is just more distinguished so therefore yeah i don't know i don't know like just Lacey Evans' character is pretty freaking boring too. Like I'm done with her Southern Belle whole shtick. Um, I'm done with nasty there. Yeah, that's all well, I'm done with. Everything else the, I like. The nasty part for Lacey Evans worked really good when she was a heel, but now they've got her basically as a face. It yeah. makes no sense anymore. Yeah, nasty. Um, uh... Yeah, I I am going to 100% disagree with uh, JLB on Naomi. I you'll, I've watched Naomi for years. When she was SmackDown Women's Champion, and and she's never done anything that impressed I, me. I am gonna find you five top matches of Naomi within the last five years. Uh, and, can, I, and, can, I, can I do ten, or do you want me to do five? I don't care. I will. I guarantee oh. you, I will sleep through most of them. All right, that's that's my mission for next week. Because I am on a mission to prove that Naomi is definitely worth more than what she is doing on the roster right now and that she is talented and WWE is missing out because if she were to go, we just completely trashed the AEW women's division, but if she were to go to AEW, I think she at least would help improve the content there uh, and or impact uh, for that matter. Uh, but I yeah, don't but, think the show's going anywhere. Putting a riser on a toilet doesn't change it from being a toilet. Oh, geez. um, I'm not so gonna go as riser for AEW, but and, and so I would say yes, she's better than she would be. She would elevate the AEW division, but it still would be a it. It, it, it would not change it to something else. Um, I would say if I were to look at the AEW women's roster and and think about adding Naomi to it um and I'm trying to I'm scrolling down to get to the women and would I put uh Naomi above I'm just starting at the absolute top of the list so this is a no order other than alphabetical would I put Naomi as a better wrestler than Abaddon no better than Allie no 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 better than Anna Jay 
Maybe Probably. only because Anna Jay is very inexperienced and hasn't. I mean, she's only wrestled three matches in AEW, and before that, she'd only rat- wrestled six matches before then. So maybe better than Awesome Kong? No. Better than B Priestley? No. Oh. Better than Big Swole? No. I uh, Big Swole entertains me. Better than Brandy Rhodes? Yes. 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 Better than Britt Baker? No. Better than Emmy Sakura? <laughs> I'm yes. not a huge Emmy Sakura fan, um, so maybe Emmy's I'll put that as a tie. Ruins that. It's her gimmick. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's her gimmick that sucks. Um, better than Hikaru Shida? No. no. Better than Chris Statlander? No. Better than Leva Bates? Yeah. Yes. Maybe. maybe. Not character-wise, though. Come on. Better Leva than Mel? She's better than Mel. I'll put her up there above Mel. Um, so that's that's what three that maybe or or definitely better than better than Nyla Rose? No. Better than Penelope Ford? No. Better than Riho? No. Better than Sadie Gibbs? No. Better than Shanna? No. Better than Yuka Sakazaki? No. So she would be fourth from the bottom in AEW. Does that technically elevate AEW? Yes. It's another person for them to job out. <laughs> it, it technically raises AEW. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't put her fourth from the bottom, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I agree. It, it, she doesn't. She doesn't elevate much. No. And she'd get buried on the NXT roster. Absolutely buried. And and uh, frankly, she'd get absolutely destroyed on the Impact rest roster. Yeah. Um. And on ROH, there's a couple really good women. The, the problem um, is. Not all the great women are in two, two or three promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about how how dominant NXT's roster is, and followed by Impact. But Angelina Love, Angelina Love is one of the best women's wrestlers there is, and she's hanging out at ROH. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the simple fact is um, to put a, a cap on this. I think if. Uh, D.A. Fabe or I were in charge of hiring for WWE, right? And we had the choice of keeping Naomi or keeping uh, uh, Emma. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't even think about that. Yeah, to Neil Dashwood. Yeah, to Neil Dashwood's on my roster. Exactly. That's not even like, and I understand part of that is Jay. Part of that is you, you keep the girl to keep her husband. Right. You know, that's actually, they thought that was going to work with Rusev and Lana. It didn't work. Well, I mean, it might soon eventually because Rusev has Corona and so does Lana's parents. And I feel like Lana is not going to be um, at WWE anytime soon just due to everything going on there. So I feel like WWE might eventually let her go. It's a lot of money to pay. A lot of... Oh, so, she, she signed a new contract there, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. They'll just... Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, WWE can get out of that contract. That's not a... Not a but they would definitely have to. So so to, to give you a, a thing on the PWI Top 100 Female Wrestlers of 2019, because of course they haven't done uh, 2020 yet, Naomi is number 41. Hey, there we go. I think that's high, but that's fine, right? Wrestlers that they have listed above Naomi. Um, Bianca Belair. Agreed. Well, for sure. Rhea yeah. Ripley. Agreed. Agreed. Britt Baker. 
Agreed. Sue Young in Impact. Agreed. Jessica Havoc. Agreed. Uh, Kelly Klein from Ring of Honor. Agreed. Ember Moon. Agreed. Jordan Grace. Definitely agree. In fact, her being only 26 is a travesty. Mia Yim. Agreed. Carmella. Agreed. Lacey Evans. Agreed. Rosemary. Agreed. B. Priestley. Agreed. Nikki Cross. Agreed. Allie. Agreed. Taya mm-hmm. Valkyrie. Sasha Banks. Tony Storm. Alexa Bliss. Asuka. Mercedes Martinez. Io Shirai. Natalia is number seven, by the way. What? Bailey. Tessa Blanchard. Shayna Baszler. Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair. And Becky Lynch is number one. What are we not seeing with Natalia that everyone else is? Like, I, and I get she is a really good talent. Like, she's really a good wrestler. She grew up in the dungeon for crying. Well, not grew up, but she was part of the, you know, she was the Hart family. Like, whatever. She dungeon. She was trained with the best of them. But, like, she hasn't even put on a good match in God knows how long either. Natalia puts on good matches. She's just boring. Her character's boring. I mean, effectively, she's just coasting off her name. Right, and and that's my my problem. Seven not but from this. I from a sorry, technical last, standpoint. But yeah, let but the, let's let's then. I seen that was actually not a bathroom break match. Break match was probably her against Flair when they did the whole heart versus Flair thing. But I mean, let's look at people that the PWI picked Naomi over, right? Um, and I bet you we're gonna find a bunch of them that DA Fabe and I disagree with. Um. We'll probably find but, quite a few that you do. Yeah. Ruby Riot. There you go. I okay. 100% believe Ruby Riot's better than Naomi. Riho. No. 100% think Ruby Riot's. Now, I Riho. don't like Riho's character overall. I think she could do with a character refresh here, but anything. Um, Kaylee Ray, the NXT UK women's champion. I would put her above Naomi. Peyton know. Royce. Ooh, in ring work? No. She's good. Her mic work is yep. so good. Yeah, but we're talking so about... So good. Um, Sarah Logan. Eh, maybe. Ring, I, yeah. I would put Sarah Logan above Naomi Enring. Dana Brooke. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Angelina Love is number 53. 12 that's, spots. That's, that's horrible. Um, uh, Madison Rain. Sonya Deville's number 60. Okay, no. Sonya Deville's better than Naomi. Yeah. Agreed. Well, like, yes, like, but I don't see her wrestle as much anymore. Hikaru Shida is 62. Now, admittedly, that's for 2019 before Hikaru kind of came up in, in uh, oh, AEW. Okay. So I can I can do that. Candice LeRae is 65. I would watch a thousand Candice LeRae matches over one Naomi match. Um, Nyla Rose is number 66. Mandy Rose is 67. Liv Morgan, 70. Okay, but she's better than Mandy Rose. Come on. I would rather watch a Mandy Rose match than a Naomi match. Hey, now watch it. Your your wife listens to this. I said match. (laughs) Um, Mickey James is 73. Would you rather watch a Mickey James match than a Naomi match? I sure would. I would want to watch him. He might be the goat. (laughs) Yeah, Mickey Um, James. You know, and I mean, now we're getting down. Deanna Perrazzo, they have an 85. I would rather watch a Deanna Perrazzo match than... Yeah, I Deanna Perrazzo is always underrated, though. Always. Mm-hmm. Every, everything. Where is she from? Uh, well, she was in NXT for a long time, and then they fired her. 
Uh, so now she's an impact. But Chris Statlander was number 100 on here. And again, that was a year ago. It she was a year ago. She's, she's a top 30 now. But but that's, that's, I mean, ultimately, if I were to list, if I were to go through that list and do top 100 female wrestlers, according to Detective Smarks, um, would Naomi make it to the top 100? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Would she, would she make it? Yeah. 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 Would would, she, would she make it to the top seventy five? Possibly. Would she make it above the top fifty? No. No. Not at all. Wow. Um, but there are a bunch of names to notice. Io wasn't on there anywhere. Yeah. And Io is is top five right now. Uh, yeah. Kyrie Sane wasn't on there. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, where's Kyrie Sane? <laughs> yeah, not on there. Uh, Casey Catanzaro is number sixty three, which I wouldn't put her on the top one. No. I don't, and I, don't I like her, yeah. but she would not be a top 100. But there, there are names I didn't read off, like Thunder Rosa. I, I definitely would put her higher than 97. Uh, Zaya Brookside, I think, would be up there a bit. Kimber Lee. I am going to tweet Naomi to name me her five top favorite matches that she's done. Because in convincing my friends that you're a phenomenal wrestler. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Anyway. Boy, that uh, that was a nice yeah, little yeah, spin. Liv Morgan, I'd have higher than seventy, but commendations go to JLB for being brave enough to claim that Naomi is a good wrestler. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> goes all of his uh, trustability. <laughs> like, well, I don't think I trust him. Rating. Boy, you want to talk about bravery? That's even more brave than coming out. And I, we know you're going to do it someday, JLB. It's fine. But it's fine. Oh, you can stay God. in that particular closet a little bit longer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Keep going, guys. We, we are a loving and supportive yeah. environment. So, yeah. you know. You can be if, brave there, too, someday. Wait, but I'm, when I'm you are deciding, we will accept you for that. But on your own terms. But, but yeah. on this, you can go back in this closet. <laughs> Okay, can we just end this episode already? Moving on. <laughs> My commendations are done. Bravery was great right there. <laughs> I have uh, just a couple commendations. Um, AEW is getting commended for getting Brian Pillman Jr. for a couple matches on Dark. One last week, one coming up this week. What was uh, it last week? Uh, last week he went against oh, one of SCU, I think. SCU. Scorpio Sky, I think. I gotta remember. It's been a week. And, um, anyways, and then uh, he wrestles this week against Brian Cage, like you mentioned. Um, the the downside to it is uh, reports have it MLW isn't going to release him from his contract, so he cannot show up on AEW full time. MLW, however, records on Fridays, and because of their their contracts are not exclusive usually, he would still be able to appear more on AEW, kind of like uh, MJF was able to continue to appear on AEW, even though he was still under MLW contract. Um, but, God, I really was hoping to see a Brian Pillman Jr. is all elite thing pop up this week i'm really gonna love seeing that but um time. but that that's one of my major things because brian pillman jr is phenomenal um no ifs ands or buts about it and he does live up to his name uh you know his father was phenomenal a little bit nuts but phenomenal um and made a believable character that's for sure um 
my other commendations, uh, Taz for bringing the FTW belt back. Um, because I do, I do dig the idea of an unofficial, unofficial belt in AEW, kind of reminiscent of the million dollar title. Right. So that's exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's that it's, it's not about being under a, the opposite guise. Yes, instead not, of being not, not about money. rich, it's about fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so I'm I'm excited to see that. And then the last one that I wanted to uh, commend was uh, Cody Rhodes, and I've got to find the the tweet from him. Uh, but Cody tweeted out some someone tweeted uh, about how Cody versus uh, Sunny Kiss is going to come up this week on Fight for the Fallen, and uh, someone tweeted at Cody saying, um, "I can't believe you're gonna you're gonna fight this." word that rhymes with maggot mm. uh and cody's response was i i probably shouldn't even dignify this with a response here it is uh this is terrible and you're not worth the signal boost but i'll make this clear to fans worldwide if you have a problem with a gay man receiving a title shot then you can kiss my ass i'm proud to share the ring with sunny and so i'm i'm very very proud to be a fan of uh a wrestling organization that is not afraid to stand up for their own people including having one of their top baby faces stand up in defense of one of their own people yes um, do you like that at the same time i do wish he would have said then don't watch the product kind of thing like I, make more like we don't want people like you to watch our stuff i don't know i it, think that's pretty clear with kiss my ass um, it's just yeah, I'm not really though. That's more like I'm I'm uh, he gave he, he defended Sunny absolutely 100%, but more like if you don't like what we represent, don't watch my product. I would have preferred a little bit more cuz it would have also shed showed the grounds of what AEW stands for in that regard. I'm nitpicking a little, but I just would have liked to have seen then hey, then don't watch my product cuz it would have been a more of a impact i feel to say it that way but either way uh still i don't think he had to go cancel culture on it i think he could have just i think he did the right thing and saying hey listen that has no effect on on his ability in the ring so you need to stop and kiss my ass is a really potent way to say stop Mm -hmm. you're a fuck face yeah yeah and that and that's my thing is because because in this case it's not about the product really it's, no, it's, it's about it's a person. About somebody's life choices outside the ring. Yeah, yeah, it's about being judged for who you are. And uh, he just said, "Listen, if you've got a problem with it, you can kiss my ass." It has nothing to do with the product itself. It's it's about defending the person, and that's yeah. where my my comedy. Because the person does put on a good product. In fact, a very entertaining character too. Yeah. yeah. And the Joey Janela Sunny Kiss tag team is probably one of my favorite things in wrestling right now. Uh, I think I it still think, doesn't add up, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's awesome. It it makes it brings I, a smile to my face. I still don't know what the butt bump does and how that hurts a wrestler. Um, oh. oh, wait, wait, wait. Are we going back to Naomi here? Oh, snap. Well, yeah, but she more of a runs. Sunny Kiss kind of does like uh, I'm holding your neck and I'm hitting you on my bum kind of deal. I don't know if that would necessarily hurt, but I still think he's a phenomenal wrestler and amazing. It's, 
it's the same thing that uh, that Goldust did when he played a character that was androgynous because it was never said to be specifically gay or anything um but you know he would it's the it's playing on on the androgyny of the situation or the the gay of the situation in this particular instance or whatever it may be of the character not of of anything actual in the world but and and it plays against uh, plays on some of the homophobia of of people you know where they're like oh no my face was in somebody's butt but that's no different than rikishi's given the given the stink face i mean that's a fat ass though but it didn't do anything to anybody it was just number one having your face in somebody's butt is repulsive in it in any factor whether they're gay or not right (laughs) like let's be honest about this well i mean that's the deal the the stink face was never about sitting down on their face he never put any weight on it It didn't matter how big his ass was it was just oh my god if he has swamp ass they have they have fat man sweat all over their face (laughs) that <laughs> man ass sweat all over their face specifically. So fair. So anyway. and I would 100% watch a thousand sunny kiss matches over one Naomi match too. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. No, I've already seen your your messages about different Naomi matches. I've seen them come across my my phone. Yeah. Okay, that's off quick research. Allow me to do more later on. I, I, yeah, yeah. You, well, I don't think you're gonna get Smarks to watch them. You can keep yeah, sending I, them, but he's gonna watch them. I'll, I'll even, I'll even watch them. I guarantee you, they're not gonna change my opinion because I've probably already seen them. Oh, and by the way, they're all matches that are probably more than a year old. So, yeah. Well, anyway. No, I mean, any commendations, JLB? Um, for you guys being complete douchebags against Naomi, that's my accommodation for you guys to be uh, on being detective assholes at the moment. We are proud of it. Thank you for commending us to it. Awesome. That's, that's a good commendation. Thank you, brother. We will take that commendation. Put it in my permanent record. Did not yet. Yeah, I did not expect you to spin that, but, uh... <laughs> But on that note, we will bring this to a close. We've uh, we've had a lot of fun tonight. But so make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Whatever podcast platform you use, there's going to be some way that you can either subscribe or follow or whatever. Click that button to make sure you get notified when we post new episodes. Um, if you like to support us and you don't have any money, which a lot of us don't, we understand. The easiest and cheapest way to support us is sharing us with your friends. Um, tell your friends about us, whether it's on social media or in person or, or I don't know, yelling it out your window. Hey, listen to Raw and Order WBU. We'll take it. Right? And if you're a Naomi fan and you know a good Naomi match, by all means, please at us because I would love to prove them wrong. And I want the Naomi Knights to be with me on this one. You you can you can at JLB. Um, that's fine. B four twenty. Yeah, there we go. But you can follow us on Twitter. JLB already mentioned his. I am at Raw and Order WBU. DA Fabe is at DA Vincent K Fabe. And JLB, you can go ahead and throw in all of your ads here. Okay, fair enough. And the Real Talk Radio is the brand, which is at Real Talk Radio Eight Anchor.fm slash RTR. Also, you can support us if you do have some money and would rather support us that way. You can go to shop.spreadshirt.com and buy a t-shirt. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ron Order WBU, to be honest. Um, 
where you can get you can get not a cop you can get link is in the doobly doo which is a great place to find the link to shop.spreadshirt.com and soon you'll be able to get the cat ass trophy cat ass trophy which by the way this week goes to dave Meltzer for being a mark because at the end of the day mr Meltzer, you're supposed to be impartial buddy yeah um, says guys who threw Naomi completely under the bus. I think that's an impartial rating there. I did not give her a cat ass trophy. Don't make me do it next week. Mm. Um, <laughs> you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. That's a great way if you want to support us, maybe with a little bit less money now, but but over time, because you can be a member for as little as three bucks a month and uh, get access to our um, Discord server where you can talk to us directly, um, access to commercial-free episodes, uh, higher levels, or get to even have uh, some merch involved with them, um, the ability to, bo- ability to vote for our classic pay-per-view review of the month, which we are getting ready to do for July here. That'll be a Patreon exclusive. Um, all sorts of other stuff, like Ask Me Anything and stuff like that, all as uh, higher levels on patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. But on so that note, for- we will go ahead and close the book on the wrestling booking unit for this week. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. But seriously, Naomi... Naomi...